0: Now, the rest of us, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn to the book of Luke, chapter 24. Luke, chapter 24, and we're going to start in verse 36. If you don't have your Bible, don't worry. I'll have all the scriptures on the screen, and I'll try to be as loud as I can. (laughs) So thank you so much, again, for being here in this beautiful day that God's given us. Uh, Today is... uh, Uh, another Easter Sunday, and I always ask the Lord, okay, God, uh, what's what's a way that we can talk about your resurrection, Jesus, and and still kind of keep it fresh? And, And the Lord led me to a passage of Scripture I don't know that I've ever shared from this particular Scripture on an Easter Sunday, so I'm excited to share this with you. And here's the setting, okay? Jesus has already risen from the dead, and they have uh, they, The disciples have heard about it, and uh, they're, they're pretty perplexed, because keep in mind, the disciples thought that when Jesus was buried in the tomb, that was it, that there was, there was nothing left. This man whom the disciples had followed for three years, he was gone, and they wondered if they might be next because they were his followers. And so they're discussing all of this, and they're trying to figure out what's going on, then all of a sudden... Jesus makes a personal appearance, and that's what I want to take us to today is this story where Jesus makes a personal appearance to his disciples, and there are some things that we can unpack from this, I think, that you will be really blessed by. Uh, If you're able to, would you stand for the reading of God's word as we we check this out together? Luke chapter 24, we're going to start in verse 36. And we're going to go to verse 49. And again, if you don't have a Bible with you, you could just follow the, the screen. Here we go. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, "'Peace be with you.' They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, "'Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds?' "'Look at my hands and my feet. It is I, I'm uh, myself. Touch me and see.' A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? That's my life verse, by the way. Do you... So, got it cross-stitched on a pillow in my home. Verse 42, They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and he ate it in their presence. And he said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, This is what's written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of the sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Let's talk about Jesus making a personal appearance. Jesus, I pray that you would now go before us. God, I ask you that you would do great things in our lives. Lord, let your word speak to us in in, in a way that meets us right where all of us are at, in our own journeys with you. God, we know that you're able to do that. So have your way, Jesus. And God, I'll thank you for what's done. And it's in your name we pray and we all said amen. 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 You may be seated. A personal appearance. What an interesting time this must have been for the disciples, huh? You're together and you're trying to process everything that's happened... The guy that you've been following for three years is dead. Now all of a sudden, as you're talking about this rumor that he's risen from the dead, all of a sudden you look and there he is in the room with you. How do you process that kind of a thing? And Jesus had some things to say and he, he actually had to unpack some things for the disciples while he made this little appearance to them and for them. And interestingly enough, it's the same thing that he offers us today. Some of the very things that Jesus offered can be offered to all of us by the resurrected Jesus here in this room on this Easter Sunday. And what Jesus gave the disciples in this text, I believe he wants to give to each of us. Let me show you what I mean. Uh, I just have three of them, okay? Okay. Number one, there was a confirmation that Jesus gave. The disciples were at a point where their lives were pretty chaotic. Would you agree? I mean, they just saw some crazy stuff going on. They they just saw their Savior crucified. They just saw him buried. And now, apparently, they're seeing him live in the room with them. That is a lot to process How many of you know that could be a little confusing and chaotic? Would you say amen to that? Yeah. Well, look again at the scripture starting at verse 36. Okay. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking that they saw a ghost. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is... I myself touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and he ate it in their presence. You know, that first sentence that he, that he told them, he said, Peace be with you. And I think the first confirmation that we need in our lives in this day is the same thing that he told the disciples is what we need in our lives, and that's peace. There is peace. It's interesting. Jesus didn't say, hey, it's me. It's not what he said. The first thing he said was, hey, peace. Don't be stressed. Don't be full of anxiety. Don't be full of hopelessness. Don't be full of confusion. I offer you peace. I think Jesus has the same thing to say to all of us. Because how many of you know we're kind of living in some confusing, chaotic times right now? Would you agree with me? I mean, our economy is is a little wild right now. Things are a little bit crazy right now with that. Uh, things around the world seem to be escalating one way or another. A lot of it doesn't look good, but... That's just cable news. Let's talk about your own life. Maybe things in your own life are a little bit chaotic. And maybe things in your own life are a little bit confusing. Maybe because of your job situation or your home situation or a relationship that really means a whole lot to you. Things are just really chaotic and confusing and a little bit crazy. And the same thing that Jesus said at first to his disciples, I believe he has to say to each and every one of us. I've got peace for you. I've got peace. In the midst of your chaos, Jesus, listen to me, Jesus is your true source of peace. And this is the problem, besides this microphone that I'm having problems with here. Oh, how many of you know microphones will not make it to heaven? Okay, all right, here we go. Uh, In in the midst of the chaos, I don't think it's the mic, I think it's my fat head, Uh, But in the midst of the chaos, Jesus is your source of peace. And this is the problem that a lot of us have. We try to find peace in the wrong place. We try to find peace in maybe something that's not so good. Maybe something that is actually damaging to us. We try to find peace in something that we can actually become controlled by or addicted to. And do you know what that is? That is a cheap substitute for the kind of peace that Jesus offers to all of us. The book of Philippians says it's a peace that doesn't make sense. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding. And, and that's the kind of peace that the Lord has for each and every one of us. Sometimes we'll even try to find that peace in another person. Maybe we'll try to find that peace in, in another location or another occupation. Or we'll try to find it here or there. And, and, and the problem is we keep on jumping around trying to find peace and trying to get rid of the chaos and trying to get Uh, get rid of all the craziness in our lives when in all honesty, none of that, none of that can compare to the peace that is offered through Jesus Christ. And I think the first thing that Jesus would offer to you is that there's a confirmation he is the true source of peace for each and every one of us here today. Jesus offered proof. Secondly, there was also proof. (laughs) Jesus said, okay, guys, I've appeared, you don't believe it's me. No, we think it's a ghost. Then he says, okay, look at my hands, look at my feet. Okay, does a ghost have flesh and bones? Still don't believe you. Then Jesus says, okay, what do you got to eat? Now that's the version of Jesus that I like. (laughs) And what did Jesus do? Jesus went to great lengths. Hear me. Jesus went to great lengths for disciples to know that he was everything that he said that the Bible would say that he is. Let me say that again. Jesus is everything that the Bible says that he is. Everything. Jesus says that he is my shelter. He is my fortress. He is my source of peace. He is the one who is my best friend. He's my source of wisdom. He is the one that is closer to me than a brother. All of these verses talk about Jesus' relationship with me and to me. Jesus will go, listen to me, Jesus will go to great lengths for every single one of us, no matter where we are in our spiritual journey. Jesus will go to great lengths to show you that He is in fact real and that everything that the Bible says about Him is absolutely true. I want to show you a picture. This is from a friend of mine. So this isn't just something that I dug up on the internet, although I'm sure everything on the internet is true. (laughs) Right? Uh, This is uh, a Bible. It's a Ukrainian Bible. I've got a young man who was part of our youth ministry many (laughs) years ago. And he is reaching out to the people that have been uh, moved out of their homes in Ukraine and ministering to some of the soldiers that have undergone what they've undergone there in Ukraine. And one soldier whom he works with is a, uh, a Christian. He follows Jesus Christ. He was in the field and all of a sudden a grenade went off near him. And you say, well, pastor, that doesn't really look like a Bible. That's because a piece of the shrapnel hit him in the Bible. He was looking for blood. And then he pulled out his Bible and he saw that. How the Lord protected him. Let me show you another picture. My friend, uh, Kurt is on the left. He leads an incredible ministry to Haiti and the Dominican Republic. And those of you who know anything about Haiti, number one, it's the poorest country in the world. Two, it is susceptible to some terrible earthquakes. The young man on the right was talking with Kurt. His name is Evan And during one of the bigger earthquakes, the very devastating earthquakes in Haiti where the city was just leveled, Evan, on the right, was underneath the rubble of a building for 27 days. 27 days, trapped under concrete, barely enough space for him to even roll over. Kurt asked him how he managed to survive for 27 days. Evan said, and Kurt has actually videoed this response, Evan said, every day a man in a white robe would appear and give me a bottle of water, which explains why there were 27 empty water bottles found next to him when they rescued him. From the rubble, I serve a risen Savior. He is alive, He is real and he cares. You might be under the rubble of something in your life. It may be emotional. It might be addiction. It might be sin. It might be stress. It might be anything. And and you're just weighed down by that. There is a man named Jesus who rose from the dead, who wants to sustain you and rescue you and show you even today that this is not some story that we're talking about about Jesus. This is not some religion thing that we adhere to. Jesus is real, and Jesus cares very much about you and can minister in your life and make a difference in your life. Can you say amen amen to that? Jesus is real. So he confirmed to them that, yes, there is peace for you. There is confirmation of peace, and there is confirmation of proof that, He is and was who he said he is and he was. Secondly, not only was there confirmation, there was also a time of inspiration. And this is interesting to me because Jesus took the time to make sure the disciples had their eyes open to what the Bible had to say about him. Check it out. In verses 44 through 46, he says, or the the scripture says this. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, in the prophets, and the Psalms. In other words, the word of God. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day day. Jesus helped them to understand the scriptures in a new way. I want you to get this here today, because Dare I say, there could be people in this room, you have served Jesus for a long time, you've been around church for a long time, but you really don't understand who Jesus is. You really don't understand what the Bible has to say. You really don't know, really, what this is all about. Why are we bringing Nicole on staff with us? Because the Lord really dealt with me that we really, as a church, need to step up how closer and closer we are we become to jesus may i tell you that jesus did not command us to make new converts he commanded us to make disciples and to make disciples means that we need to get to know him and know who he is deeper and deeper and more and more and jesus was concerned with how they understood who he was based on the word of god i've met too many followers of jesus I can't really make sense of this. And the pastor tries. Got all my fancy points that rhyme. Same letter. But but I think it comes down to what's on the screen. The Lord wants you to know Him more than to know about Him. See, that. The, the church is not about trying to give you a bunch of Bible facts so you could dazzle your friends when Jeopardy is on and they have a Bible question. Okay, that's not, that's not why we exist. Okay, We exist to make you as close to Jesus as possible. I don't want a church full of people that know about Jesus as much as they know him personally. Maybe I can illustrate it this way. This is Hulk Hogan. Now, he's actually a little bigger than this. but This is Hulk Hogan. Okay? I know some of you on your way to church today on this Resurrection Sunday said, I hope he talks about a pro wrestling character. <laughs> this is Hulk Hogan. This, this is a, a, a Funko Pop. It's like a bobblehead of him. In reality, he's six foot much more than me, and weighs much more than me, and is in much better shape. Uh, now, I could tell you, I could tell you a lot about Hulk Hogan. I could tell you that he used to hail from Venice Beach, that he owns a restaurant in uh, Tampa, Florida. I could tell you that his real name is Terry Jean Boley. I could tell you that he started wrestling in Minnesota and was with a group called the AWA. I could tell you who he trained with when he was first learning to become a wrestler. I could tell you that he beat the Iron Sheik to become the WWF champion. I could tell you you who he lost to. I could tell you who some of his greatest rivals were. Uh, There's a lot that I know about Hulk Hogan. Yes, be impressed with your pastor's knowledge of meaningless (laughs) stuff. (laughs) You know what I can't do? I can't call him on the phone when I'm done with service today. Hey, Hulk, what's up?
1: He doesn't know who I am.
0: He has no idea who I am. But I know your real name, Hulkster. He'd look at me like, get away. I, I know about him. I don't know him. And I fear that in churches all across America, there are people that know about Jesus, but they don't know him. They don't know him personally. See, why did Jesus open their eyes and their minds to understand the scripture? Because he didn't want them to just merely know about Jesus. Something he did. He wanted them to understand who he truly was. He wanted them to know him. You know what God's desire is for you? Not that you would know about him as much as you would personally know him. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. He said, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participating in his sufferings, becoming like him. In his death, Paul was listing off his resume and all the really awesome things that he had done, but he said, all of that does not compare to the greatness of knowing Jesus personally. And his, his desire for you, friend, is not just know about him, but to know him. He inspired them by the Holy Spirit to know. Jesus offered confirmation. Jesus offered inspiration. And then finally what Jesus offers to us is salvation. Salvation. Jesus mentions this in the last three verses that we read earlier, starting in verse 47. Here's what he says. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem And you are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father's promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. I want you to know today, friends, that no matter who you are, and no matter what any of us have done, there is grace for you today. This Friday, we just had a very powerful Good Friday service where we looked at the crucifixion and the death of Jesus. Why did he go through that? Was it because he was trying to become a martyr? No. Was it because he did something wrong? No. The Bible says that he was without sin. So why in the world would Jesus go through the most horrific treatment that any human being could ever endure. Now, here's why. The Bible says that every single one of us have sinned. Me, you, and we have come short of the glory of God. We, we, we are missing out on God's best. And, and what we earn with that sin is death. That, that was the debt that I had. I, I am bankrupt With the debt of sin and there's nothing I can do to save myself. And that's when Jesus stepped in. And he said, here's what I'm going to do. I will take the punishment that Phil Anderson deserves upon me. So every time a fist struck him, every time a whip hit his back, every time a nail pierced his skin, every time a thorn went into his brow, every hour that he hung on the cross, that was something that I deserved and Jesus took that in my place. Where the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ. The Bible says that all I have to do It's confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that he rose from the dead. That's what this day is all about. And I will be saved. Why did Jesus go through that? He came to earth to die and rise again so that I could experience the grace of Jesus Christ. Friend, today, if you're not in a right relationship with Jesus, if you have never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, if you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, or maybe you have done so in the past, but now you're not serving him, you're not living for him in the way that you should, today is the day where you can say, Lord, I want to commit my entire life to you. I give my life completely to you, Jesus. Please become my Lord Please become my Savior, and then Jesus will change your life. Look, this room is full of people who are hot messes. (laughs) Some still are. (laughs) Except Jesus has changed them. Some were bound by addiction in this room. Some were bound by fear. Some didn't even believe in Jesus. and, 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 And then Jesus came change their life. What I offer for you is what Jesus offers to everybody. The grace of Jesus Christ. He loved you enough to die for you on a cruel cross. Can you say amen? Amen. He offers grace and then finally and Jonathan if you could help me he offers his guidance. He said I'm going to give you power I'm going to give you the power of my Holy Spirit to preach this thing. I'm going to give you the power to live this thing out. Here's what I love about Jesus. Because some people, they think, wow, I can't live for Jesus. I just won't get it right. Well, hey, join the club. We all got the t-shirt. Because not all of us get it right. Can you say amen? amen? Any imperfect people in here besides me. So sometimes we don't get it right, but this is where God steps in. And he says, look, you're not expected to do this alone. You're not expected to live this way alone. You're not expected to serve Jesus by yourself. You're not expected to try to get it right all alone. Jesus wants to give you the guidance that you need every day to live for him. Jesus has everything you truly need to serve him. Everything. I don't know if I have the discipline, he'll give it to you. I don't know if I have the courage, he'll give it to you. I don't know if I can do it on my own. You can't, but you can with Jesus. And maybe we've been trying to do all this on our own power. Jesus would say, would you depend on what I can give you instead of what you can do? Because it's all about the Lord and what he can do in you and through you. The Lord made a personal appearance, and he offered a, a confirmation of peace A confirmation that he was real. Do you need that today? Do you need his peace? Do you need Jesus just to give you some peace in the midst of the chaos and the stress that you're facing? He's here to give that to you today. Jesus is here to save your soul. To give you a brand new start. Say, Pastor, you have no idea what I did. I don't care. Jesus covers it with the cross. Yeah, but I'm so far gone. No, you're not. not. Not from the love of Jesus. He's here to give you a new chance. He's here to give you a new start today. And for those of us who might be struggling in this thing, Jesus wants to send his Holy Spirit to you to strengthen you that you can live for him in the way that you need to. Would you allow him spiritually to make a personal appearance in your life on this Easter Sunday, would you stand with me, all of you? I'm gonna pray. In fact, why don't we all bow our heads, close our eyes? We'll just make this a real private moment here for the next few seconds here. Then I'm gonna pray and let you go. But you may be here today and you'll say, Pastor, um, I'm not where I should be spiritually. I need Jesus. I need Jesus to give me a new start. I need to give him my life. I need to do things his way. I need his forgiveness. If any of that pertains to you, I will not embarrass you, but I want to know whom to pray for. And if that's you, I just wonder if you could signify that to me just by putting your hand up and putting it right back down. I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands are going up. Are there others? I, I am not right with God, and I need to get right with him. Are there others today? As many of us are praying, thank you. Are there others? I need to give my life completely to Jesus Christ. Maybe there's someone here today you'll just say, Pastor, <laughs> it has been chaotic in my life. And I need that peace that Jesus is talking about. I need that peace that doesn't even make sense. That, that that's what I need. And friend, he may not take your problems totally away, but he will give you peace during them that you can sustain and you could live through all of this. So how many of you can I pray for? You'll say, Pastor, <laughs> I just need some peace. In my life today, I'm going through some chaos. Hands are already going up. Are there others? You'll say, yeah, pray for me. Yes, yes, thanks. Hands everywhere. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask you to repeat the first part of this prayer with me, church. For those of you who need to make a decision to serve Jesus Christ, would you pray this prayer from your heart today? Straight to Jesus. You're not praying it to me. You're praying it to Jesus. And let's ask him to change our lives. Then I'm also going to pray for those that need a little bit of peace in their lives today and that the resurrected Jesus would make an appearance in your situation and give you a... A peace in the midst of the chaos. And then when I'm done praying, you can either consider yourself dismissed or if you need to linger for a little bit and just sit and pray, do that. And Jonathan will keep on praying and we will, uh, and playing, and we will pray with you if you want that and we'll trust God. We'll trust God to take you from here, walking with you brand new. So repeat this with me, would you? Dear Jesus, I love you. Thank you for loving me. I ask you, forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my life. I make you my Lord and my Savior. Make me a new person and help me to live every day for you. Give me your strength to do so. In In Jesus' name. And now, Lord, I ask you that you would give peace in the midst of chaos in this place. That you would take away anxiety and hopelessness and fear. And Lord, confusion, hurt, and God, replace that with the kind of peace that only you can give. So, Lord, I speak peace into the lives and to the hearts and the families and the situations of every person here within the sound of my voice. God, give us your strength to live for you daily, I pray. We walk out of here, Lord God, victorious, knowing that you are alive. And you're alive in our hearts as well. So, Jesus, go with us from this place. Meet with those of us who need to linger a little longer. In Jesus' name, and we all said amen. Amen. If you need to linger and pray, feel free to do so right now. If God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless you.